and welcome to episode four of the Breathing Space podcast. First, I wanted to thank everyone for the amazing reaction so far um, to the episodes um, and how many people are listening, connecting with it, um, subscribing, um, you know, all that kind of stuff is hugely appreciated. I kind of didn't really know what to expect when I started putting things out there, um, but it's great to hear that people are connecting and have another amazing guest this week. We've got Sana Gavenda, who is um, somebody who I'd connected with um, through an event which was put on. Um, Sana is actually, um, he's an organisational and behavioural psychologist. Uh, he works as a coach with Munster Rugby and he's also founder of his own company called Wild Culture which is all about team culture, human performance, mental growth, um, behaviour and well-being psychology and it was fascinating to me. Um, we reached out and had a, an initial conversation just before Christmas and uh, yeah just kind of really connected with him in a way of kind of uh, similar experiences. Um, he's really somebody who's creating his own thing who's really on a mission um and i we just connected and i thought it was a great thing to maybe get him on have a chat about what he does and this chat was so great there's a lot in there uh, a lot to take in um and we cover many many topics but there's some really great tips in there for anyone thinking about um mindset themes topics about growth uh, sort of gaining that emotional control um i think inevitably there's things that we talk about uh, the current situation and lockdown in there but really i wanted it to be and i think it is applicable to to all times um and i hope there's sort of bits that you can pick out maybe yourself to to start to apply and start to use in day-to-day mindset um so yeah i'll see you on the other side and yeah welcome to uh, episode four and thanks to sana for joining us So welcome to our next episode of the Breathing Space podcast with Sana. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, and uh, like I said before, this is my first podcast recording outside of my own. So uh, um, excited to be here. I feel the pressure. I feel the pressure <laughs> in some way. Ask the right questions. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. It's, no. Uh, it's only an exclusive. So you only got 20 minutes. So, uh, you know. Yeah. Then the bill goes up, right? Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> nice. So, um, just wanted to get a bit of an introduction to you for everybody. So, kind of broadly introduce yourself and what is it that you do? Um, okay, it's so funny being on the other end of these pods. Like I've I've asked this question so many times, and you sit there and you just kind of relax and not only really you zone out, but it's more so just. Yeah, that pressure goes away from you but on the other side of it you gotta yeah, get thinking all the time yours is going up now <laughs> yeah um so my name is sana like like you said i am the most normal human being um you could probably think of and always have been and i think that's 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 what i am i trade off i'm a normal human being who goes through life um as best as possible and tries to live as best as possible while helping as many people as possible and we'll get into that later on because that's kind of basically what I'm about but if you want the other side of that I'm a um, behavioral psychologist and performance coach um, I work with Monster Rugby as a as a development officer and coach and yeah like I'm, I'm, the thing that kind of defines me the most is is that I am obsessed with human potential 
um, that's that's my line. I love it because it just kind of encapsulates what I'm about. It's about, I guess this this block that we have as humans, as individuals, that stop us from living to the best of our ability. And you, if you look at it in a sense of potential and performance, people always come back and say it has to do with sport and performance and that, or performing in, in business or when whatever other high performance area you have. But to me, it's the whole spectrum. It's performance in life. And that means being able to wake up in the morning and look at yourself and appreciate yourself, being able to look out in, into the world and appreciate what's in front of you and um, to be able to live, like I say, the best quality of life, not monetary or material, but the best quality of life in terms of your emotions, your, your mental attitude, um, all those things that you, you can't really buy. You don't know, you mm. can't actually buy them, all those things. And so that for me is what human potential is. And that's what I'm obsessed with. And that's what I do, try to help people understand that potential, unlock that potential without sounding like a, a cliche sales pitch you know um mm. it, it's what i genuinely have a passion for yeah and so you've got that i guess you you get to uh, funnel that into a couple of directions so you've got your work with monster rugby you've also got your personal pages and you've got um wild culture haven't you do you want to explain kind of how it's been focused in wild culture yeah so that's a long story you know <laughs> i um i started wild culture as a business it was actually called wild atlantic marketing right and um, back in 2017 started it when i was i think halfway through my masters because i started with two other people had nothing to do really with psychology um had aspects of it in terms of um i guess experience customer experience and how to best not manipulate that's a that's a harsh word but to, to influence customer choices so working with brands and i was working with two other people who were friends of mine and that was just something we had interest in obviously i'm a very creative person so i have interest and that was my part of it and a little bit of psychology on the side but long story short over time people left that kind of died down a little bit and then it developed into what it is now which is number one a page that is there to put out quality real honest information and content but that is also backed by the proper research backed by the proper education we'll say because again there's a lot of stuff out there and psychology is a space that's very it can be very vague sometimes very open and what i wanted to do was to bring quality and mm -hmm. more recently honest and relatable quality that you know someone can look at and say oh that's me you know um, I go through that or I experience that or that's interesting I can actually apply that to myself and I guess I, that's why I started the podcast as well um, mm -hmm. alongside the wildcast um, to talk and have conversations around human potential with cool people that were still relatable at the end of the day you know mm -hmm. it's great to have a conversation I'd love to have a conversation with the the millionaires of the world and the the superstars of the world whoever they may be and now and again, that would be awesome in the future, but it's always bringing it back to the people that you can relate with because mm. there's too much, I think, of a, this, this idea of trying to be these other type of people rather than being yourself. We do everything to be Tom Brady or The Rock or any of those other people, 
what we forget about who we are and that we're never going to be those people. It's more so about being realistic, being honest about life and kind of learning from other people in a sense. And that's kind of what I want to do with the content I put out. And that's what Wild Culture focuses on. And that's still developing, right? Mm. It's been a, a fun process, but a lot of heartache in the meantime, because it's literally been like an analogy to my life. It started off as something, transformed into something completely different, went through a period of having no attention paid to it because it just had no interest in it. Like it's basically an analogy for life, you know, transforms, yeah. develops, loses motivation, loses its way, um, and then comes out the other side, something else. And actually it's the first time I've thought about it in that way. So uh, yeah, there yeah. you go. You've got a first. Nice. I'm getting all the exclusives today. Yeah. Nice. And I'm interested. I think there's, um, so I'd like to kind of just dig into like the, the practicalities of, of what your role means in a little bit, but the bigger question I'm going to start with first is going back. So obviously you referenced your studies, uh, your psychology studies, you referenced your uh, masters as well. So you've put, I mean, a, a huge amount into the studying side into psychology and things like that. When did that spark come along? Have like, at what age did you kind of see that as the route you were going to take for studying? And what, what was that? What was the drive to say, that's you, that's what you wanted to go after? To be completely honest, hadn't an absolute clue. Um, zero knowledge, zero clarity, um, went into it. And I talk about this openly now went into it to use as a status thing. Mm. I was interested in psychology. I was, I, as a person, I have a lot of interest. That's my problem. Like I do have genuinely a lot of interest. You know, I will always try my hand at different things and going through, say, my last years of school and trying to figure that out. It was either between science, psychology um, or law. Okay. And I ended up doing psychology and, and minoring in law as well at the time and a, a big chunk of that decision was due to status or oh, mm. people would look at me and think oh he's doing psychology i can be that different person i can show off and that was the type of person i was but that was I'm, I'm not ashamed of that because that's who i was i was unaware i had no knowledge you know you're a teenager like you have all those things going on everybody experiences it in their own way but uh yeah it was for status so i can sit here and, and probably you know, tell you, oh, I had this passion to help people all my life. I didn't. Now, I suppose what helped that decision is was that I was always an empathetic human being, a child, a teenager person. And I always found people coming to me with mm -hmm. advice, whether that be unintentionally, it just happened that people would always open up to me in some way or another. And I was always that friend. And growing up, I was always the friend, whether that be to, to girls or whether that be to the lads, I was always that friend. And it wasn't a, a, a such a structured way of them saying, actually, I need to talk. It was just, it just happened. You know, the way you can, you, you hear people, or I don't know if you might feel it yourself, you, you attract people. Yeah. You yeah. attract them in that way. And it wasn't because, you know, I was the, the sporty guy. I was definitely not sporty when I was younger. I couldn't kick a ball to save my life. You know, I wasn't that type of person. I was just a normal kid who was completely average. I wasn't the smartest, wasn't the fastest, wasn't the biggest. I wasn't any of those, wasn't near any of those but I was just this nice, kind, empathetic being. And maybe that's the way I was raised. So maybe that had a part to play, I think, in me following that route. Um, 
and going through college absolutely hated it I was depressed I was sad I was probably like and I speak again I have um, episodes recently talking about this had no interest you know I like I loved the content in psychology like I loved the, mm. the I was looking back at my transcripts the other day and the modules I studied um so much like quality knowledge and information and it was actually like practical you know there was um forensic psychology there was criminal psychology there was you know educational or all this like across the spectrum because you have to do a master's anyway you can't just be a psychologist quote unquote you have to specialize in something yeah and you know the 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 one hesitation or the one i'm not gonna kind of regret but one thing i wish i did or was able to do was actually go to college I didn't go to college and it wasn't because I was going out and drinking. It was because I was in a bad place and I just didn't want to be there. Mm. I just wanted to be locked up in a quiet place. And so I spent a lot of my time running away from those things, but we won't get into that now. Um, again, it's probably, it is fuel. It's something that has led me down this path. Yeah. The troubles that I, I faced growing up in terms of, you know, family stuff and like personal issues and relationships that I never dealt with led me to, led me to a kind of a dark place in mm. my early, early, very early twenties, I say nineteen or twenty, and that only once I started to work through it and, and figure that out and you know heal, we'll say yeah. that the idea of wanting to help people who don't understand the potential they have or understand the the capacity they have to love themselves or understand themselves in the world and you know figure out the place they have in this world. That's kind of what I wanted to do. It wasn't, it is, well, it's what I want to do now. And I, I can see that clearly. Back then I hadn't a fucking clue. And apologies yeah. if I, uh, my language, but, you know, hadn't a clue. So I can't sit here and preach and say, yeah, I had it all figured out. I wanted to do it for this specific reason because it was a load of different reasons. And most of the time I hated where I was at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it didn't have anything to do with the course or with anything. It was more so internally and the way I was like, compartmentalizing and pushing everything into as I, I like to refer to it as a you know the chair that everyone has in their room that they just throw clothes on top of yeah yeah and they don't use it for an actual chair it's just everything but a chair it's the same thing we throw everything in our mind into that corner into the box or onto the, the chair until it actually gives way like you look at it and it'll probably fall over it's kind of what happened you know it just didn't deal with a lot of stuff yeah yeah it ended up. so now i can tell you my passion and drive to help people comes from that personal knowledge from going to dark places and making the choice and the conscious decision to come through it and know that I can and still to this day having to figure out you know what what am I doing like how am I where's my place in this world you know and all of that stuff that's attached to it so yeah, yeah. every day is a is a I don't know well, it, it's every day is a, is a challenge every day is a presents a new way of you trying to I guess make sense of the world and the chaos that that it is yeah, yeah. I don't know did that answer the question does that answer the question that absolutely answers the question and I think it's um I really appreciate the real answer because um some of the stuff that we've spoken about in in our previous and um just to quickly fill in that gap so we so recently I did an event with you, your, your event rise, which is how we met. And we started to have conversations when you reached out and we've had some really interesting conversations about, um, you know, how, how 
I guess how we both kind of like deal with those things that are coming up daily and we, and we sort of chat about that when we do. And I think um, certainly I uh, can be prone to adding a, a, a narrative that maybe I want. Um, I'm very similar in that I wasn't really inclined towards study anyway. You know, I did all right. I got a degree, did all that. I love the social. Did I really buy into what I was doing at the time? No. Did I do it for maybe status and totally? Um, did I just want the degree? Totally. And, um, you know, quite a similar story. And I think that's probably so many people can relate to that. And actually, it's also the fact that uh, sometimes things you can't always just add up the puzzle. Like there, there is no puzzle that yeah. that thing is going to fit nicely in and it's going to work. And then the next piece will come and the next piece will come and it will just work is we're dealing with this much more complicated thing that we're all involved in where, you know, it, it sounds like, and I guess my next question, it sounds like you're probably drawing quite a lot on what you did in those studies, but are, at the time you maybe didn't see maybe where it was taking you or, you know, it wasn't like a linear path is you've, it sounds like you've more find that flow and you're using it more and maybe appreciate it now that you're, you're using all those things that you learn and you sort of, as you said, you got the notes out and you're looking through it and you're, you're using that, mm. even though at the time you were thinking, this isn't the environment or the situation wasn't what you wanted it to be. Yeah, absolutely. Like if I, in hindsight is great because you get to look at the, past with a, an open view hopefully if you're in that place at the moment you, you're able to look back and and see in a more clear picture that you couldn't back then you know and, mm. and that's the, the beauty of it and that's the beauty of going back and actually consciously making the effort to think about it because it gives you some some real insight and some real answers um and clarity if you want mm. um and back then like you said i didn't want to be where i was loved the idea and the the content and the the education of it but just didn't want to be there didn't know where i was going didn't know what i was doing didn't know i still pretty much don't know where i'm going have a more clear picture but having the clue still in a mm -hmm. sense you know sometimes it, it does get scary but i think that's something we have to make clear and make evidence that nobody knows what they're doing mm -hmm. you know everybody's still trying to figure their shit out and always will be you know it's mm -hmm. never a, a it never gets to a stage where it levels off and that's it and you stop because if you do i think life just becomes mundane then it becomes not worth living in a sense and i read a, a quote actually that that recently in um i'm reading uh oh, that that will never work i can never remember the name that will never work this will never work it's the netflix story and mm. one of the quotes in it it was is it said that nobody knows anything and it's so true because a lot of the time we stop ourselves. You're like, Oh, what if this? And what if that? And it's like, well, nobody knows anything because until something is done, you won't know the outcome. Mm. So I think if you adopt that way of thinking in your life, it keeps you on your toes. You yeah. know, you stop yourself a lot of the time from doing things because you're, you're afraid of what that potential outcome in the future might be or what, you know, something might turn out, but you don't know what's going to happen. So, if you adopt that mindset of nobody knows anything, then you're gonna gonna have to push yourself to try. No matter yeah. the outcome, you, you just go for it and, and, and try it out. 
And if it's a positive outcome, great. If it's not, so be it. You know, oh, there's there's your answer. Move on to the next thing. But I think to answer your question, I hadn't a clue back then. Still trying to figure it out now. But looking back, it was is kind of refreshing because you get to see all those those things that were stopping you all those other things that were the baggage the the scar tissue that was just layered on top that was mm. kind of stopping you from living like i remember my graduation i put up a photo this is from my undergraduate not from a master's i put up a, a phone on instagram and i was like it might only be a i said it's only i know it's only a, a, an undergrad or, or a degree but something and someone commented and was like who i think who actually graduated with me was like so you're basically shitting on everyone who who just graduated and I'm you know I look back now I'm like I was in the in the space of enough was never enough and not mm. in the sense of oh, I need to keep working hard it was a sense of being brought up not being good enough formulating that mindset and that perspective that nothing would be good enough like your effort is not good enough mm. so I literally didn't even allow myself at the time to celebrate graduating from a degree that was 10 times harder due to the other things that I had piled up in my life, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Then we look back and think, wow, like that was tough. Yeah. Wouldn't even let myself as a degree and a degree is a big thing, yeah. you know, for a lot of people, there's people who don't even get the opportunity to do it. And I'm not saying that should make things um, any easier by comparing yourself to someone who's in the worst off situation, but you know, it's privilege in a sense, you know, you've mm-hmm. got the opportunity um, but don't shit on it. And I did. I did shit on a lot of stuff back then. Yeah. Uh, and it, I don't think it came from like an arrogant place. Maybe it did, or a place of cockiness, but more of a place of, of insecurity and yeah. saying that, well, okay, I need to go on to the masters now. And then I need to get a, a, a high status job after this. And, you know, just it just fuels that negative cycle. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, hindsight is great yeah yeah and it's funny you're saying like um we kind of learn to all those because so many people evolve with what they do and as you say the whole you know who actually has it worked out at any point like that probably that the, the moments of that status that we get in our lives or like what do they call it the status quo you know with you suddenly feel balance is like sure normally because the next thing will come along that will give you that wobble or make you need to think make me to change Mm. make you need to adapt and then there's you know things about what basically we just we learn the masks that we need to wear at any one point to kind of go okay this is the face i'm going to put on now this is you know the one that i need now um whereas actually yeah life doesn't have that set plan for us does it it's not like there is a set plan is you have to move with with what's happening and with what you learn from your experiences as well like you you referenced what you learn and that how you look back now and the the way you can look at that experience is shaping what you do now and the because my next question was going to be around like it so the you say about learning sort of on a day-to-day basis to kind of find how to roll into that next day face what's coming you know rise to the challenges and all that kind of stuff where do you take and again we've i've asked this question to to my guests so far um where do you take like inspiration from where do you 
where do you look for it most would you say yeah it's, that's a, it's a tough question like obviously you know growing up and let, let's call a spade a spade here i have so much life left to live like I'm 25 years old and 26 in a couple of weeks in in the grand scheme of things i'm still a child but i have gone through my fair share of stuff and i'm sure everyone else is but this is my own perspective so you know i think that's the number one thing that we need to to realize is that you're allowed to have that perspective mm-hmm. you don't have to enforce it or to to overshadow and overpower other people with it or but you can't lessen the experience for yourself you can't lessen the the actual you know learning that you've got from it because it it can be very very beneficial mm. to yourself and other people so yes just because i went through what i went through and you went through what you went through and the next million people in africa are starving doesn't me make it any less to the individual and what they experience so i think that's one thing that that we have to be kind of aware and conscious of all the time is that you know your story matters maybe it doesn't matter to a lot of other people but it matters to you and mm. you kind of have to embrace that and allow that to happen so that's why i love doing what i'm doing because i kind of know that feeling of lack of self-belief and lack of and feeling lost and literally being in a fog and mm. all of that so number one i think my experience motivates me i look at what I've gone through when I look at the people I work with and you know I do have the opportunity to work with young players who no, not adults and it is it's motivating in a sense because you see yourself sometimes in, in people or you see players who come from you know you know them personally they come from certain backgrounds and you know it might not be the best place and it's it's motivating because Mm. you can see the difference when you can in a rugby context let's say when you're working with specific players you know and you can see when you see that that difference it makes in their life it's amazing like the feeling is surreal in a sense like it's hard to explain Mm. so that's one thing that motivates you know you see something going well and the the effect that you as an individual yeah not not attributing everything i did to that person's success but you know you know that you had a helping hand in it you know yeah and yeah that's something that really is the to me is the most important part of that part of my life that job working with players and working in the sports that is that real effect and impact you have on that individual but like i said growing up um a lot of the time i got inspiration from like hearing music watching videos and i remember like i used to play rugby a lot when i was growing up and I used to have a certain set of songs that I'd listen to and I'd, I'd visualize back then. I didn't know what visualization was. I hadn't a no, it wasn't a thing really, you know, mm. I used to visualize myself doing certain things or making line breaks or and like, I wasn't the most talented at all or whatever. But now I look back and I'm like, that was awesome. I wish, I wish like I was in that, that space of playing rugby now, because like you'd have so many tools to use that have more structure around them. But I used to listen to start songs and visualize and, and try and put myself in the situations um, in, in games. I used to watch every sort of speech from every of my, like my favorite sports movies or inspiration movies to get that inspiration. And I still do. I still feel it's like when I listen to those songs, I watch those videos, I still get that, that sense of um, excitement. You know, mm. it, it kind of gets me thinking more so than motivating me to do something. Like I don't have to watch someone um, say something or listen to a song to get me moving. But when yeah. I do, you know, it does it does put me in a better mood. But I think my inspiration comes from 
loads of different places. You know, yeah. it's not. I think if I had to, if I had to distill it down, it comes from me, okay, and not in a god complex kind of way, and in in my own why and why I'm doing something. Mm. Like I said, working with players and seeing the impact I have, or seeing the impact that my work has, it's it's it really does push you to go further. Um, people I follow on social media, you know, there's a lot of people that I follow, and and like I said again, not the the rocks and the the whoever of the world it's the people that i interact with who are on a kind of a similar journey to me who are putting out content and even you know people like yourself who are stepping outside of that comfort zone like that's motivating to me mm. because it shows that you're willing to put yourself in that that scary place and that dark place and try and push yourself out of just getting by out of just surviving in life we'll say doing yeah. something that's giving you energy and and um, helping you to thrive in a sense. So, you know, I get that motivation internally for myself, my why, from the people I, I surround myself with. Um, and I guess the content I consume, The I love quotes. I love I love sucking that knowledge in. Um, and that's another place. So when I read something, it could be a word, it could be a line, or when I watch something, it really does get me thinking. Mm. So it's not, I, I was talking to my brother about this last night, we were talking about leadership um, and he was saying the documentary that was made about the Springboks chasing the, the sun about the whole lead up to the World Cup and winning the World Cup. He was saying like, I, I genuinely, the documentary was unbelievable that I learned so much from it in terms of practical lessons. And I said, yeah, but a lot of people don't have the perspective or the, the open mindset to look for learning in things that they consume. So whether that be a documentary, whether it be a song, whether that be a, a sign on the road that you pass. There's a lot more when you look out, if you have that perspective, that mindset, that open growth mindset. Um, and I said, you know, people might not be able to see it. They might just watch the documentary, cry a little and say, that was great. You know, the Springboks are the best team in the world. Woohoo, you know, but there's other people then who look that little bit further and it doesn't make them special they just have their mindset orientated towards that at the time who can actually take out lessons um from things that are being said right yeah. they might not be structured in that documentary or that podcast in, in a you know abc fashion but they're there and yeah. you pull them out so i think that's probably one of the biggest places i get inspiration from is the content i consume yeah whether that be podcasts tv shows songs anything it could be a, a sitcom and i'd still get something from it you know yeah, yeah um and it was that question that kira um asked in rise if, if you heard it she said look outside your window and you know what do you see yeah and yeah i i, I think i did i say this to you recently in a conversation we're having when you look outside the window here i'm sitting the house is obviously it's it's, it's below the level of the ditch so when i look outside i can just see i can see the ditch yeah. Right? But if you go upstairs, you open up and you can see the whole bay. You can see as far as the eye can see out into the water, into the yeah. ocean. And that it's an awesome sight. But when I looked out, when she asked that question, I saw that. Even though I couldn't physically see it, I saw that. And it's not about being an enlightened soul or being anything like that. It's just about having the perspective and conditioning yourself to be able to look past that, that mirror that's in front of you. Yeah, just yeah. Look a little bit deeper in a sense and see what's out there. So... It's, it's like an analogy to be able to see the opportunity, to yeah. see the beauty, to see all those things. And like, so my inspiration comes from 
a lot of different places and it can okay. come from the most uh it can come from the weirdest of places the, the i sometimes can't explain it you know it could be running yeah. and look up and see something and yeah. be instantly motivated to do something do you know what i think is really interesting is the level of um sort of understanding of yourself so where do you find it from so um i guess there's there's i mean there's certain things that can strike a chord with more people mm. um but your inspiration is your inspiration isn't it so like um like those close to you the the things that have impacted you that song that meant something to you at some point will be, there'll be links in here which will take you to a certain place as you say it can it can click things on and off in here so it might be a song which really makes you get into a creative vibe you know if that's your thing let's say you want to do some painting or whatever if you there's there's songs which will make you click and sort of get things into a into a pattern that start working but also you really have to to know yourself like because they what you say about the south africa um world cup documentary is there's the the lions documentary where, where they went to australia the british lions on mm. um and i think i've i don't know how many people i've told the story to there's like there's a couple of bits there's there's one where brian o'driscoll is dropped for the last test and he gives his he stands up before the third test and gives his speech and it's like it's something that i randomly go on youtube and look up every so often yeah. because it was like a marker of I don't know, somebody who everyone said he should have been 13. He should have been playing. He was dropped and he stood in front of the team and he said, I'm, I'm as 100% as with you boys. It's about the people on the pitch. My role is, you know, still with this team and we're still going out to win. It's, you mm -hmm. know, I'm, my role is now to help you on the pitch. And it, and that, and I think a more literal one was uh, Paul O'Connell when he, because he fractures his arm, oh, plays part of the game still. And then he comes off and they picture him a few days later in a cast, but he's on a Watt bike, still doing his training. I'm not saying health-wise anyone should do that. But, you know, like it, the things that just struck a chord and I find myself, I don't know, every few months just sort of just sitting there. And if I get in this, this mode, things like that is what I'll seek out. And if I watch like that Lions documentary, it just takes me to a place of like inspiration. Mm. And I guess it's, it's that understanding, isn't it? You have to learn what is your own inspiration. Yeah, and you know, actually, well, so like to, to break that down before I even, I, I got a bit of insight there, which is really cool, but, um, you know, you have experience and attach to those experiences, emotion and, and memories, same thing. So when you think back, so if you listen to a song and watch a video, it instantaneous, instantaneously, you know, start eliciting and creating the emotions and the feelings that are attached to that from experience. So listen to the song, it'll bring you back to that place that means the most to it. And it'll make you feel the way that it made you feel then, or it'll make you feel the way that you have an emotion or attached to it, a reaction attached to it. So mm -hmm. you have those and yes, they can be reconditioned and rewired to, to provide you with a different type of outcome, but like, that's what it is. So to watch, like for me to watch th that Springbok documentary, it brings up emotions because even though I spent most of my life in Ireland and growing up in Ireland, I still support Springboks. You know, they're they're my thing. Like even though I call this home, I can't support another team, and mm. it's because you're brought up in a household where you know rugby is is 
kind of the be all and end all but the Springboks are more than just for for us anyway for any South African will tell you the same is more than just a team so it brings up emotions that I'm kind of like I question sometimes I, I talk to my brother and he's nine years older than me so he grew up in the time where you know everything was happening and you know so he has more of an he should have more of an emotional attachment right to them because mm. he experienced it growing up where I was I was just born the year they won the first world cup in 95 so I I asked this question before I was like why do I have such an emotional connection to this when I didn't read like I grew up with it but I, I didn't really experience it so like mm. you know why am I so influenced and motivated by the the team and the actions that they take and it's still something I try to figure out but when I whenever I watch Springboks like I before after I am like pumped yeah yeah it's it's weird there's an emotional connection but anyway emotional connection is is very cool because obviously it can work to your advantage or disadvantage so you kind of have to be aware of it but like you said the self-awareness to know what inspires you and there's a big difference i think between motivation and inspiration your Mm. motivation should be your why it should be internal it should be why you're doing a certain thing you shouldn't need to be motivated and if you do need to be motivated i think that you're on the wrong road or you're lacking clarity or understanding as to why you're doing something now inspiration for me is a little bit of a a kick sometimes yes we all dip in motivation even no matter how strong our drive to do something is no matter how strong my drive is to help people there's still days where i'm like this is tough like I'm not seeing progress in the business or what I'm trying to do. And it's tough with the content I'm putting out and everyone, that's a universal feeling, you know, progress and you will stumble, but the inspiration comes. So it's, it's more so of a reminder as to why you're doing it. Sometimes that could be just a personal thing of saying, I'm doing this type as many people as possible. That might be an inspiration, or yeah. it could be going back and listening to the music. That's going to help you focus. It could be watching that video. Like you said, that's going to help you go and do the next thing. You know, sometimes you need that bit of inspiration, but I think, like you said, there's, there's a, a definition and a, a distinction between motivation, which is you and your why as to why you're doing something that is entirely up to you. And then the inspiration part of that is, you know, those memories or those experiences that you have attached positive emotion to that gets you moving. They're yeah. great to, to kind of top you up in a sense, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that's, that's such kind of my understanding point. of it. Yeah, like they're two separate things, but are often put into the same bucket. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so you have done this year, you did Rise 2021. And that was a, an event where you pulled together, um, as you were saying, some of these people that you found, you very kindly reached out to me um, as well to get involved, which was amazing. Um, it was a great day and like how, so I kind of linking that all together, when you were looking for those people, you've talked about authenticity as well and stuff like that and, and people similar path. And is that what you were looking for? And I know that that event for you is, is just the beginning of these things. Is that what you're looking for in there? Is that part of that? Your inspiration for that event was, was very much based on your, your own motivation as well. Yeah. Um, Number one, the event was to help people, help human beings at a human level, at a relatable level, 
Mm. understand themselves a little bit better and how they can make change to their lives you know not to give like a a blanket answer or a a magical solution but even if it was a case of someone coming away and just understanding a piece of their life a little bit better with a little bit more clarity then that was a win Mm. but you know that was what the event was about for me organizing it um and and trying to source the the people to be involved it was like you said authenticity you know they had to be real they had to be people who had a genuine interest in helping other people Mm. which they all did you know whether whatever the different areas were and i think out of everyone there's three people that i had never met in my life obviously through zoom Mm. or whatever but I've never actually met them. So it was, it was, it was taking a, a gamble in a sense. Yeah. But you know, it all paid off. But what I looked for was people who were real people who were knowledgeable in what, what they were doing, but who related to me in a sense that yeah. valued the same or similar things to, 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 to me. And of course everyone did you know their their main thing was to help people in that specific area whether it be lisa with relationships kira with mindset you know colin with 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 fitness and and physical well-being um or you in the the case of again it's performance based it's 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 quality of life based Mm. we'll say and and that's what i look for and even from like having that conversation with you for the first time um over zoom you know I didn't ask you because I was stuck. I didn't ask you because, you know, I, I felt obliged to you because I was after talking to you. You know, I f- after coming off the call, I was I was happy to, and I wanted you to be involved because I got that vibe. And it's 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 a hard thing to explain, but mm. you have to know that you know when you talk to someone, you get that connection, you get that alignment, and you're like, oh, they kind of think on the same wavelength as me. Yeah, they kind of want to do something in a similar. Um, kind of way to me they want to help people that's great okay I'm gonna have this person involved and that's that was the thinking around it. I didn't want to have someone for the name you know I didn't want to have someone just because they had 100,000 followers or 10 20 30,000 followers and you know if I didn't relate to them if they weren't on the same page and, and trying to achieve what I wanted to achieve then didn't want to have them involved yeah yeah and you trust you know, it wasn't for the sake of it you know it wasn't to look good yeah yeah so maybe if I did this five years ago, which I wouldn't have, it was to look good. It was to say, oh, I'm running an event. How cool am I? But it was genuinely to help even just one person. I had to keep reminding myself that every single day up until the event, because you have no idea, like it caused me so much overthinking some nights, so much kind of anxiety around the whole thing being a fail, even though, you know, I had to ground myself a lot of the time. It caused me so much of that. And I had to keep reminding myself that if I can just have one person, then it'd be worth it. So, yeah, you know, it ended up being that that success in the end, but uh, it didn't come as easy as it seemed, you know? Yeah. And I'm right in saying, I seem to remember you saying that it had been an idea for a while and it was with some conversations with your, with your partner, right in saying that it was kind of around overcoming the the narrative of you shouldn't do it for this reason you shouldn't do it because it might fail you shouldn't do it because you know you had those things going on and i seem i think i remember right it was it was your partner who was saying but what's the worst 
like she played that role in that moment. Yeah, and, and I remember like I get creative sometimes. So like I said, when I get into a state of like inspiration, sometimes my brain can go a little bit like crazy and start coming up with a hundred different ideas and I have whiteboards and I just start writing things down. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to run an event. And this all came at actually the same time mm. in like October, November. And I remember she was away and I, I texted her and I said it to her and she was like, um, well, you know, think about it. Like, and the place she was coming from was that I was doing a lot of things. I was trying to do a lot of things. And yeah. again, that can get a bit messy. So I kind of put it on the back foot, but it was a good way that she questioned me. But then we all obviously continue that conversation and it became a sense of like, well, why not? You know, yeah. what's the the worst that'll happen? And even in the, the, the case of when things were, like I said, tough and, you know, at the start when, when the tickets were slow or when, you know, the engagement was lower and I'd be like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. And it's like, well, what did you say that you wanted out of this? And I said, and I and I reply saying, oh, well, or she said, you know, what, what would be, what did you say would be a, a success? And I said, well, to help at least one person. And that's all that matters. Mm. And she said, well, there you go. And that had to keep me going. You know, that's the thing. So every time I question myself and the narrative of you're not good enough or this is not going to be a success or it's not going to, it's not going to end well, or when I say end well, it's not going to be the the grand finale that I wanted or, or thought up in my head. Mm. Um, she always grounded me back and said, well, what did you tell me? And mm. again, it was it was a, a really powerful thing because you can get so lost in that narrative of, you know, what if or when or, you know, the, that future. When you, when you put yourself into that future um, too much. Yeah, yeah. It really just affects you. So. Um, yeah, to overcome that narrative, I had to question why I was thinking the way I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. And so you you have to frame those and, and really break them down. Again, it's another understanding of who you are, isn't it? And going, do I, uh, I think it was, you say about like reading sentences and stuff like that. The, the book, uh, Mo Gadat, Soul for Happy, um, mm -hmm. there's some... I've there a few things in that book like made me stop and like go like it hit me you, I read a sentence and it would hit me and I, the the book would get put down I was like whoa and it was the um it was around you know that you, you aren't your thought you aren't the 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 thought and all that is either it's based on two things it's an experience that's happened before or it's a worry about what's coming and that there's somewhere in the middle, but it's not you and it's not you now. So like, it's really interesting to hear you, you, uh, you were kind of working through that is you, you take, you were taking, you know, the worry of, well, what if it's not this, what if it's not that, and then bringing it back to right now and then going, okay, but what did you want to get out of this? Like, let's bring it into context again, to not let that kind of go up or out of context more, or. There's one thing that I, I actually do a lot is I always try to remind myself is that between stimulus and response, between the thing that triggers you or the emotion or the thought and the way you react is that space for a choice, this mm. choice in the middle of that, you know, how do you want to respond? What do you want the, the final action to be? So if that thought cropped into my head um, of, okay, uh, or so I, I maybe say I looked at the website and I was after selling a ticket or selling no tickets, we'll say. Mm. And automatically before I would respond, 
to say, okay, it's going to be a failure, not good enough or any of that negative um, outcome. This is a, a choice in the middle of that. So do I want to believe that this is going to be a failure? Do I want to believe that, you know, it's my ability that to, to not organize, that I'm not good enough or that the content isn't good enough to attract people? Or can I choose to look at it in a different perspective, whatever that may be? And again, every time you encounter something between stimulus and response, there's that choice to make mm. of, do I want it to be a negative outcome or a positive outcome? It could be even chatting to your partner or friend, you know, and not reacting in a certain way. You have to make a choice because you got to think of the, the, the outcome at the other side of it. Mm. React now. Yeah, it's great. You get out frustration or you, you satisfy a, a need in your head. But what's the outcome on the other side of that? Do you feel better? Probably not. So you got to choose the you got to choose the positive outcome or the positive reaction or the, the best reaction possible. Yeah. Because the brain can take over. Experience can take over. The way you think and, and behave can take over through conditioned experience. So you have to choose different if it's not going to serve you, I think. And uh, yeah, yeah. something if you've, I do or try to do every single day. Yeah. Which leads nicely on um, to th this next bit that I kind of wanted to just tap into your experience, the people you've spoken to, the the um, kind of free thing. And because what I thought would be really interesting is just to kind of get your, um, I mean, however, however it is really topics, themes, tips, whatever it is that you would, um, you know, think that really count in terms of people thinking about their their growth, their mentality, their mindset, things that, you know, all these amazing people that, that you've spoken to through your experiences that you've had through your studies, things that uh, are achievable things that people can think about in their own lives that might help them grow, help them sort of uh, add things into their, whether it's daily, weekly, month, you know, those kind of things. Um, yeah. So I was thinking like the, the five things that you would kind of chat around, anything around those that you would think of. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. You could take like the pragmatic view of it and say, okay, here's my top five. Here's emotional intelligence. Here's resilience. Here's whatever. But that gets boring after a while. Mm -hmm. It gets very black and white and becomes like a almost show and tell. And it's something I've become more conscious of. The more talks I've been doing, over this period and the more the deeper I go into it is that there needs to be a, a story behind it mm. you know there needs to be this this substance behind it and what I love about talking to people on podcasts and my own podcast is that they have everyone has their own thing you know they bring their own insight their own little like bits and pieces which are really powerful and you know that then like I said about the the things that inspire me would say or get me thinking the things that they say, those conversations inspire me. They, they get me into a creative space mm. and they also get me thinking around the areas that we talk about. And then to myself, I come up with certain things that best embody resilience or embody emotional intelligence or um, positive thinking or any of that. So like, mm. obviously these are not like the, the, the be all and end all from my five, but um five things that I kind of like have on my mind daily and especially over the last six months. 
Mm. Um, number one, pattern or presence is a really interesting one for me. Okay, so mm. it's it's to do with behavior and reaction. So like I we just spoke about that choice between stimulus and response between the cue and the outcome pattern or presence. You know, if you tell yourself certain narratives of certain stories in certain situations, like, uh, you know, I'm, I am not a sociable person or, you know, if you're in a social situation, it's like, I'm not a sociable person or if I'm not, um, I'm not good enough to, to do this or study this, you know, that's, past experiencing uh, past experience informing your current thought processes and your current behavior mm. so do you show pattern or presence pattern being the existing thinking i'm not good enough or i'm not sociable or do i show presence okay my brain is telling me my experience is telling me that i'm not a sociable person but i'm going to choose presence in the situation and i'm going to be sociable i'm going to choose presence in the situation and believe in my ability to do something whether or not i it doesn't go so well. And maybe it's baking mm. for the first time or cooking for the first time. Maybe my experience has shown me that I burnt water, but I'm going to choose presence in the situation and try again. You know, so it's about stopping yourself and not letting the the pattern take over, which is the yeah. continuous negative um, narrative and, and self-talk and show presence in the situation. Yeah, that's so interesting. Like this uh, a very random example, but... Um skiing right so i've never i've been snowboarding once in my life and now living in amongst snow and stuff like that i and like my girlfriend loves it um and it in my head by a certain point once i hadn't skied i wasn't a skier and i don't do board sports right but i guess there's nothing which is saying i'm physically enable to learn how to do that there's then probably which is a completely separate topic a narrative about me falling over or training with the kids on the kids slope you know as my narrative but the the probably the reason it gets put back is because that's i'm going with my pattern i guess aren't i my pattern is i've never done it so i'm not that person mm -hmm. so i've never actually gone well what could i gain from this experience of going for a lesson doing that just go just do it what uh, you know i might gain somewhere else that i haven't done and like it, it just shows that the stories and the the talk the internal talk uh, the internal dialogue and the stories you tell yourself and how informed by experience they are how automatic they are and how much power they have over our lives and the things that we do and our ability and our confidence and all those things. And like, I always told myself, I'm not a runner or I'm not, I'll use the running as an example. I'm not a runner. I've taken up running over, over COVID and, you know, I'm chasing a sub 20 minute 5k at the moment, you know, so that's how fast you can change by mm. choosing presence over pattern. And it's not easy. It's, it's tough as hell. Yeah. You know, you're fighting your mind mentally you're fighting your body physically in those situations yeah. to stop you from doing certain things but you have to choose presence if the behavior is not serving you in a, in a yeah. good way so how do you think... anything like practical like how do you identify when it when when you're in that pattern what have you got any like it's tools it's, yeah so like the tools are the most practical tools are questioning you know so 
if you say we'll use the the example of cooking you're asked to cook something and you're automatically telling yourself i can't cook and you're about to say it it's almost just a case of stopping in the, in the moment for a second and thinking okay well what's what's the evidence here mm. you know most of the time we actually don't have evidence it's probably just from someone telling us that we can't cook rather than us actually doing something drastically wrong you know so you got to stop yourself and ask yourself well what's what's the evidence here where are the facts and you know when you can answer that and then if that answer is still you're not good you just have to choose presence and say okay i'm going to go for it you know you got to choose the outcome that you want um yeah and you got to know that if you don't you know what's what's on the flip side of that yeah i guess what is the what are your expectations that you've set yourself so am i going to come out with a michelin star yeah. meal on the first time i cook no You're am realistic. I, yeah am i going to get all the way down the ski slope on my first go absolutely yeah. not am i going to fall over many times absolutely but what's realistic is i don't know you can stand up and do the plow for 20 seconds like, and the other thing is that if you don't you're never going to take it better at it okay yeah. you're gonna to have to accept that all those things in your life that pattern is taken over that negative experience is taken over you're never going to learn or get better or be able to do so you know what's 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 better for you to actually you know go for it or to fall prey to previous experiences and the stories you tell yourself which are just stories which are just words that don't necessarily have uh or shouldn't have control over you so yeah. if you want to look at it practically it's just about asking yourself questions what are the facts around that you know what's where the story coming from why am i not a good cook? or what 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 is telling me that i'm are not a good cook or what what's the evidence for me not being able to to ski you know mm. what what is you know reality yeah. Um, so it, 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 if you're using the sports context, it's interesting, you know, say uh, you, do, you, you do something wrong, like you miss a tackle or you miss a kick for, for, for the posts. If you fall into the, the, the snowball effect of getting caught up in that action, your mind is thinking about that while the rest of the game is going on. So you have to snap mm. back to reality. So, it, you know, the, all different players have different abilities to, or, or mechanisms to do this and tools. So, you know, like snapping a, a rubber band or something like that, that brings you back to the moment um, yeah. without getting lost in the the thought of the past or the thought of the, the previous thing. So again, there's a lot of different things you can do, but it's probably just to snap yourself back to reality and show presence rather than pattern. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting, I guess, but part of what, um, you're also doing is managing your your response of your ego to not look which which sounds all because because your thought might be i can't cook so i'm not going to but also you're managing the the well do you know what if you if you put out a meal that um you know it doesn't have to be gourmet you know mm. it doesn't have to be like restaurant quality or anything it, it's a meal and actually you're managing your ego saying we well, shouldn't you be putting out like this level or this is what i 
somebody else does for me so like it's this level you're sort of managing that part as well and like you said expectation and reality like you have to be realistic about where you are at at the moment and and i think also know that you don't have to be or shouldn't be anything at any given time in your life you know there's no specific time frame so mm. if you're asked to, to cook it doesn't have to be a michelin star quality mm. um it just has to be edible yeah in a sense you know you have to be open and you have to kind of sit with that vulnerability and allow yourself to, to try because if you don't like life becomes again very mundane it becomes closed off it becomes boring because you never experience you know yeah. everything becomes a threat rather than rather than a something that you you can embrace um and that actually moves on quite well to the next thing i was going to say which was number two what's the alternative so I put up a video today about this and I had a live yesterday on Instagram and it's something that I've, I've, I ask myself in a lot of situations when I am finding something tough or when I want to give up or when, you know, when life's just becoming a little bitch and I ask myself, what's the alternative? Okay. I give up. Great. What are you going to do then sit and do what mm. or I can choose to just keep going. You know, it's, it's a lot of the time we look for the easiest way out. Our brain is conditioned to that. It's for survival. It's for the easiest path. So if I choose short-term satisfaction over a long-term gain, I'm sacrificing the growth that I could potentially have in the future or mm -hmm. the growth I can have moving forward. So it's like choosing to say, if you're on a diet, you look at the, the cupboard and you're, you're hungry, you have no calories left. And you go and eat a packet of biscuits in that moment you chose your pattern you're mm. hungry you chose just to eat aimlessly and it felt good in the moment after that moment you probably feel guilty then you start to feel crap about going over and sacrificing the journey that you started and you're harming your, your future outcome okay so it's about kind of short-term sacrifice for long-term gain in a sense and i'm not saying starving yourself or anything. That's not what I'm saying. It's, it's more so choosing what's going to help you feel the best possible. And by asking myself, you know, what's the alternative in a, in a given situation, you're trying to help yourself to keep going. Mm. Well, it's basically saying, well, if not this, then what? Yeah. If you can give me a genuine, rational, helpful, serving answer. Great. If not keep going. Yeah. You know, it, 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 I think that one for me is a little bit of tough love. In yeah. A sense. Yeah. It is a little bit of tough love that we need sometimes. And by asking myself, myself that question or yourself that question, when you do find yourself stumbling, I think it's a, it's a powerful tool to just kind of say, okay, well, if you can come up with a better answer, then great. If not, just keep going until you do. Yeah. And our, our, our mind is, is designed to protect isn't it so it's designed to tell us what the threat is or to tell us um you know it's 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 an evolutionary trait it kept us alive back in the day and it's it's still there now um certainly i think like this time has been hugely interesting around what mm. like perception of threat and how we've evolved to to understand like uh, that response in a modern 
world, the modern context. I think that's just such a, an, an apt question when that thought process kicks in. So when yeah. it's, well, what about this? You know, what about that? And, it, and everything starts rolling is to go, yeah, but what? So if I don't do it, what else? And as you say, what, what is the alternative? Where, where am I going to be? Do I then, I could do that or I could sit on the sofa and I'll watch something on TV, but which one, which one could I win from the most? And what is the, what is the actual risk that I face of doing? Yeah. Um, and you know, our brains see everything. It doesn't have to be physical threat, any sort of uncomfortable situation as a threat. So you have to know the difference and push yourself outside of that, because if you can lean into that, that's where you start to kind of, to, to feel better, to grow. And I, and I always say that the, that initial fear of hesitate or hesitation of doing something is always outweighed by the positive effect or benefit on the other side. So mm. like if it's raining outside and you, you're telling yourself it's raining, I can't go for a run. It's going to be shit for the first 10 seconds or a minute or maybe for the whole thing. But when you come back, you're going to feel a hundred times better than you did before you left. And that's, that's just a fact. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So you have to step into that fear and to that hesitation. And, and sometimes you have to just kind of get over it because the other side of it, the long-term or longer term benefit or whatever is, is yeah. better for you. I think a lot of people will find that quite relevant. Um, linking it to the current situation when, you know, fingers crossed, we start to see things change but you, back you, or forward. You know, in, in this current situation, people say it's like, oh, COVID, I got another lockdown or it's another couple of weeks or another couple of months, can't do it. And then you kind of stop and say, okay, I know it's tough, right? I understand that nobody's saying it's not. What, what is the alternative here? Mm, yeah. Like genuinely, what, what are you going to do if you don't keep going? If you don't keep waking up every day, showing up for yourself and trying your best to claw out every sort of positive aspect you can in your day what is the alternative for the next couple of months you gotta you gotta go and back yourself in that sense so you know it is it is a, a powerful thing especially in this this time like you said we find ourselves in yeah yeah and an interesting thing around also what are you in control of yeah. and um just that's part of the deciphering almost isn't it of going mm. work out what where you say what's the alternative is you're also working out what so what is in my control in this situation mm -hmm. so maybe x y and z is but then that around it i'm not in control of and that will just happen so yeah. and i can't predict some of that um but we might be prone to say that the other thing i'm then in control of but that doesn't necessarily mean it's for you know the whole growth and as you say new experience maybe and stuff like that it's not necessarily that shouldn't be the dictator of the route that we take it's there's a bit more to it than that yeah and like you know we have an internal or external locus of control and when when it's external we look to blame everything outside for our problems so you know you see people watching the news and blaming the politicians and the government and the slow processes at the moment and all of this and it's kind of like well you're blaming them but it's not really helping you or them or anyone else mm. you know you're just looking for somewhere to place the blame whereas and place the blame for you feeling shit for you being in lockdown as if yeah. it's everyone else's fault but when you can learn how to form an internal locus of control where 
you learn, as I said, to control what you can and, and kind of forget about the rest or leave the rest to the side, you start to then hold yourself responsible for your own well-being. You, mm. you hold yourself responsible for your own feelings. Okay. So you don't blame A, B, and C externally for you feeling anxious or sad or depressed or restricted. You start to look at, okay, it's actually me making myself feel this way. So what can I do to start feeling a little bit better? Yeah, yeah. You know, what can I do in my day rather than sit and blame and point the finger of I'm in lockdown another 10 weeks because John over the road was having a party. It's his fault. And it's like, yeah, okay, but not your problem. Yeah. You can't do anything about that. Not your problem. You're focusing your energy there. Look at what you can do to get yourself through the situation in the best way possible. Yeah. And that goes for everything outside of COVID, you know, everyday life when things do come back to whatever normality or reality it is. So um yeah. It's about looking at that control. Is yours external or internal? And then you probably want to to try and have it as an internal focus. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, and I think again, I like how these are, are kind of moving into each other. Um the next one there is is life is what you make it. And it's kind of one of my, my favorite sayings at the moment. Again, like a cliche, but it's your narrative. It's your story to write. And again, it goes back to that level of control. You, you touched on it. And I don't think we have to talk too much about it because we already did. What can you control? What can't you control? Focus on what you can, because mm. that's all you can do. Whatever the situation, that's all you can do. And life is what you make it. Lockdown is, quote unquote, again, shit. But I've had the best time in a long time. Mm. And I'm sorry if that offends people, but I have, you know, I've had time to focus on myself. I've had time to to focus a lot more on training because I haven't had to drive around the country. You know, I've had more time to focus on this side of my life and this business instead of focusing so much on, on rugby. Um, you know, it has benefits and I've chosen to make it the best situation possible. I wrote yeah. the narrative or the narrative that I wanted. So yeah. it is what you make it. And thinking of that is, um, so the, some of the things we've spoken about already, including this one, um, the, I mean, obviously it was extreme, but there must be quite an element, which is actually how, uh, I think we've used the word resilience once already. There's resilience, but there's also adaptability. So I guess using some of these tools is just helping you adapt um, maybe where, because I think everyone could see instances at the moment where people are um, just waiting for things to default back or mm -hmm. uh, things like that and actually might be missing the now. They're, it's, they're not living for things that can happen now. It's, I just want what happened before and I'm sitting and waiting till somebody, till the headline comes out that says, we're all back to normal, away we go. and that adaptability and some of the, yeah. the emotional so like, control. I think people are probably very used to hearing this idea of fixed and, and growth at the moment. Um, and it, it's ultimately what it is. You have a fixed mindset. You expect things to be the same, to, to not really be open to change and for, for life to just kind of flow on a, on a, on a linear level mm. for all your life. And that's it, you know, from A to B, but that's not it. You know, that's, that's a false sense of reality because life flows, but like a river, it meanders, it goes left and right. That's what it is. So by 
developing a growth mindset, being able to look up and see and, and form that mental agility emotionally, um, mentally. Um, you start to, to really create uh, an understanding that everything ebbs and flows and it will change and life will never stay static. It can't because if it did, you know, you wouldn't be where you are right now. You know, you probably wouldn't have been born. So you kind of have to understand that and it's forming that that growth mindset. Mm. And it just helps you in, I mean, the only inevitable thing is that things will change, isn't it? Like that is the only inevitable. We can't predict anything else. So I guess the, no. the like putting a daily or, or putting a practice in place, which where you add some of these, these tools in that you learn, the more you know about yourself and the way you respond, uh, where your inspiration comes from, in that kind of thing, the more you understand that, the more adaptable we that's that's not saying it won't take the shock away. That's not saying it, it won't take surprise away, but it means you have a place to go rather than let it just happen. And you then feel that control because actually you go, well, actually, as you know, all you, we're put into the pandemic situation, as is the example for the moment is okay. So come back to myself. So that I can control my response to this now. That's the one thing I can control. And I can work out myself. Yeah, I can work myself out is my number one go-to. Then everything else can follow once I've worked that out. There is a choice in that all the time. And, you know, there's not a lot that actually affects me on a day-to-day anymore because of the fact that I'm very conscious of and I write about it every day. And I try to understand how I react to certain things. How can I control those reactions? If I can't, I'm just aware of them. If I can, how do I do it? Mm. You know, asking myself around the idea of like, what kind of a life do I want to have? What kind of a day do I want to have? You know, it's, it's, you have to be as straightforward as that to ask yourself those questions. Yeah. You know, what kind of a day do I want to have? What kind of a feeling, what kind of feelings do I want to feel today? Mm you know, those kind of practical things, because when you have more clarity around them, it's easier for you to create them in your day because you can ultimately create what you want in your day, in your life, but you have to be clear on what that is. Yeah. And again, like you said, it's not going to happen magically. It might not happen at all, but at least you can try, you know, that you want to have it. And most of the time it probably will, Mm. but you also have to be open to the fact that life will go up and down. Change is inevitable you have to have an agile mentality that allows you to just flow. Just always picture yourself like a river, you know, just you have to be able to flow around over through whatever it is that that kind of comes in your way. And even if it's the most practical sense of making a list of the things that you can't control at the moment and the things that you can and focusing on those, put it down Mm. on a piece of paper. I can't control A, B and C, but I can control the way I react, the way I think, um, the things that I do, the things that I expose myself to, like every day, like the news or the people or whatever, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can and can't. So make it clear for yourself. And, you know, you you have that ability to control, but it's whether or not you, you, you exercise that power. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's probably better off if you do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, what you'll only gain. Exactly. Um, 
one thing so n- number four i think it is one thing i've i've learned i've recently well, recently over the last um few months taken up endurance sport and i'm, I'm training for my, my first triathlon um in hopefully it goes ahead in july but uh mm-hmm. <laughs> i've never been a, a good cyclist i remember it, it's always stopped me and i've always told myself i couldn't cycle and up until October last year when I got back on a bike you know I've been I was asked months before that you know, come on come out come out go cycling I'm like nah, you know I'll take my time I kept saying no I'll come I'll come out then but it was just me stalling and, and telling myself but you're like you can't cycle because I had it ingrained in my head and um, that I couldn't because no good at it because I was unfit when I was younger and you know I struggled and it's one thing anyway I got over that fear I I I put myself into it and got over it slowly and, and, I, and I love it. But there's one thing I was cycling up a, a really, really steep climb. And I thought, when does this get easier? And after a lot of thinking, the answer was, it never gets easier. It never gets easy. It never becomes easy. It just becomes a little less tough. And I think this is more for a perspective shift on life rather than a, it can be called a practical tool too, but life is never easy. It will only just be a little less tough. You know, life is always going to be tough. It's always going to throw you those, those shapes and sizes and, and, and roadblocks and whatever, but you just have to try and overcome them. But we always look for, like we said earlier, but for the easy way out for the, the, the easy path, it's never going to be easy. And if you choose the easy path, it's never going to give you that outcome you want. You're never going to get the life that you want. And again, that might sound like a stereotypical answer or a cliche, like, you know, you've got to go through the hard yards to, to become this and become that. But that's grounded and created from this idea. You know, it comes from a place of, of realism. You have to go through some shit to actually come out the other side, a better person, a happier person, because yeah. you'll never know. So... I think when we can shift our mindset to to be more open and and forget about life being easy, getting to a stage where it's just a breeze, mm. then only we start to actually enjoy and start to embrace it. Because um, the other side of that is it's another cycling analogy is that the climb might be tough, but the view will be spectacular from the top. Yeah. Right? So you will have a tough climb to get there, but it will be so much better at the top once you get there. You'll appreciate it so much better. You know, you yeah. experience and you feel so much better at the other side of that. Yeah, so, I think that'd be um, sort of getting into um, getting deep for a moment. But when you go that whole thing about like uh, you mentioned um, earlier about, I think right at the beginning about materialistic and and those kind of things is. Um, some of those things almost seem like we're being sold. I'm going to fit this into the cycling analogy that we're being sold like a motor to go on the cycle. So, mm. um, uh, like I want you know, one thing I really want is like, I want a kitchen Island in my kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, a, it's an aspirational thing. Is that going to help me? Like, in, I mean, I'll love it when I've got it, hopefully, but is it helping me? It's an aspiration that I want, but it's certainly not going to add the motor to my cycle to get me up the hill to get to the view. And it's when you've got, when you've got that view, it's probably not, uh, that thing that you 
buy that's going to make the difference or anything like that. It's also learning to know you're looking at the view. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, you could miss the view. It's, a, it's you... the experience. It's the process. Um, like you said, that that analogy of a motor is like, oh, the more I cycle, the more I do this, you know, it'll be like at, at a stage, it'll just be easy. Like going up a climb will never be easy. It will yeah. always be tough, but it might just get a little bit easier. Or you might know how to cope better with it, or you might know how to, 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 to I don't know, to, to better use your skill on the bike to, to get up it with a little less effort maybe, but it will never become easy where you're just kind of, you know, pedaling away as if you're going downhill. Like, yeah, I think that's the idea we have. We almost have a, a mindset that if we keep going um, or keep kind of say cycling that when we eventually get to a stage and um, going up that, that hill again or that climb again, it'll be like, it'll be effortless, but that'll never happen. So we yeah. have to be open to that because life will never get easy. And if yeah. it does, like you're either very lucky or you're living a false sense of reality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and again, with the, with the kitchen Island is that you can have all the tools, you can have all the, the best equipment, but if you can't cycle, if you can't put in the effort and, and the hard yards, you're not going to be any better. You're not going to get to where you're going. You can have the best bike. You can have the best cycling gear or whatever you want, but if you can't cycle, yeah. You can't push yourself past limits at a physical individual level. doesn't matter what you have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's almost a case that, you know, when you're going downhill, you still have to cycle. You still have to put an effort because you won't go as far and as fast as you want to be, you know, yeah. momentum will only take you so far. So you always have to put in effort. And I think it's great because it does teach you a lot of lessons, you know, it does. And again, that's what we talked about earlier is about seeing lessons within things that you're doing. You know, I cycle because I like cycling now. I cycle because it gives me this new sense of being able to see everything, like cycling next to the ocean and cycling on the, the, the coastline. You look up and that experience and the process is unbelievable. But at the same time, I'm also taking in lessons. Okay, appreciate the view. It makes yeah. you appreciate life in the moment. It teaches you things like, you know, the climb would be tough, but the view would be spectacular at the top. And that that translates to other parts of my life. So yeah. I think overall, if you can open up your mind to start seeing life and taking lessons from things that you you experience, mm. it becomes so much better. You add so much value for yourself. You start to learn a lot more and you start to see things in a new level. And you know, that's that's what it's all about. You know, yeah. that's what brings that like abundance of good that you want in your life. I I love that. Um like I mean that. I don't know if you thought of that psychology before, but that completely completed it at the end. Like you, you're learning to, uh, you're learning to take that challenge of getting up that hill and getting that moment, but you're probably learning to get it into a zone that is effort, which is it's never easy, but there is this amount of effort, but I've learned to get to that point of effort and probably enjoy the view as I go up. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, it's not just thing. a struggle. It's not just thinking about, oh, my legs are about to give up on me or my body just won't do it. It's about, okay, this is tough, but like, look at this as well. Like, this is yeah, cool. Yeah. Or, you know, I did this. And again, that's like, that's even creating resilience because again, you've done it once before. There's no reason if nothing has happened in the meantime for you not to be able to do something again, whether yeah. that be going to lockdown number 20 in a year's time, if that's still happening, you've done it before, you can do it again. What's the alternative if you don't, yeah. you know, and, and you keep going. And I think that brings me to the, to the last point is that there's something really cool that I, I read and I can't remember where it was or 
how I came up with this or was it something else? But I never thought about it in this way. So when you take two steps forward and one step back, it's still one step forward. Okay. Mm. And we're so conditioned to when we hear that, that, that line of, you know, you take two steps forward and one step back as a bad thing, as a, as a fail, as it not going so well, but you're still one step further than you were at the start. So Mm. why don't you celebrate that? Again, it's that mentality of chasing unrealistic expectations. You know, I need to be this. I need to be able to do that. I didn't get to where I was going. You literally are whether 1%, 10% or 50% further than you were prior to taking those steps forward. So you got to commit. You got to realize that you are moving forward, no matter how small or minute that little bit of progress is still further than where you were before. Yeah, we're our and, own worst critics, aren't we, at times? Yeah, and it's it's the mindset of analysis. It's paralysis. Paralysis by analysis. Sorry, that's what it is. Overthinking yeah. everything and expecting yourself to be oh, something that you're just not yet. Expecting yourself to be in a place that you're just not meant to be yet. You know? Yeah. Um, same thing I did with the event. Same thing a lot of us do with, you know, different aspects of our life. So when you think about it, it's really powerful. Two steps forward and one step back is still one step further than you were before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I remember um, going through like a tough period. So I lost someone close to me and um, things were like, so obviously I got into a negative thinking pattern. But I was what my what I came to realize was I was totally beating myself up more than more than anyone was expecting. Like nobody expected anything different because mm. those around me knew how that struggle was and that challenge was and stuff like that. It was more me going, well, you you know, hey, you should move off. And I felt like I was taking steps backwards. Like, I felt like I was going, well, this is, you're going to be in this negative pattern. You're going to stay in this negative pattern. And I thought everything was going backwards. Whereas actually, it's another hindsight thing. What I know is that I also took steps forward during that time in terms of understanding myself. So not necessarily a career journey or anything like that, but more, um, I guess that growth, like development side of, of understanding myself. Um, probably one of the most impactful times for me to understand myself. So although at the time I felt like, I don't even know why I would think backwards, but that's what it felt like. You know, I thought like, well, this is going to be harder. Going to work's hard now because I'm carrying this at times. And and it all was like that pattern was going on. Whereas actually definitely in hindsight now, I was taking those steps forward and I was dealing with something pretty big at the time. So it's, it was all natural. It was all, I just needed a bit of perspective, mm. which is what I needed at the time to work out those steps is I had a, you know, I'd have a day where it was rubbish and I felt like I was stepping backwards, but actually there were days where I was taking that one step forward and it didn't feel like, Hey, you come out and I'm skipping through the fields and stuff like that. But it was today was, was all right. And, you know, I got this control or actually I've understood something about myself where I was like, this, this is setting me off on a path. And this is what it was that was doing it or something like that. And I I just understood myself a lot more. 
yeah it literally is small steps and whatever it is that you're trying to move through that you're trying to work through and like again we have those unrealistic expectations of like I sh- why am i not here yet you know why don't i feel better mm. but you're probably skimming over the progress that you have made you know the things yeah, yeah. that you have done well and it was the same thing for me saying oh i've only gotten a gotten on and i graduated from college it's, it's only a small thing but no you, you know you took a, a good step forward because obviously education is not for everyone, but it is something that I wanted, but never let myself experience that because I thought I should be doing something else. Like as in, I should have more, it should be the next thing and the next thing. And if you keep going that way, like if you were cycling and only focusing on getting up the hill and that's it, you forget about the moment, you forget about the process. So it's about yeah. finding that process that works and also celebrating the, those, those tiny wins along the way, because ultimately that's the experience you know you want a positive experience and that's how you're going to get it but yeah i think those those would be my uh my top five things at the moment that keep me going anyway that yeah help me to, to organize my world internally externally as best as possible and and just keep going and living yeah and uh, yeah to the best of my ability i think that amazing it's great to chat some of those through i mean personally really thought-provoking as well and what does it it like um this might sound a really weird question but what does this um on some of your recent things you've talked about some non-negotiable stuff that helps you keep yourself in check and i guess it's linked to some of these what in your day what is your things that you have set for yourself that it's like these are the things i'm going to do for me um okay well again a lot of stuff might come across as cliche but or or overstated but they are that way because they have that effect on you so exercise whether that be um my training program with resistance training or with running or with cycling obviously is a huge part of my life because it automatically helps me create focus feel a lot better and a lot more positive but there are days where i have specific rest days that i've had to condition myself to take because Mm. you know you will get into an unhealthy habit loop of always having to focus or rely on training so again it's it's also it's a non-negotiable but it it works to my my i guess it works for me and i have to be conscious of not overtraining now because i've injured myself in the past from just going at it so just because i'm not doing it seven days a week doesn't mean it's a non-negotiable like i get out on my rest day and i walk that's still physical exercise so again, physical exercise would be a, a huge part. Um, mm. I think my diet, the way I eat, I used to have unhealthy eating patterns and I just like, I'm a small person, but I can eat a hell of a lot. Like mm. and I, I'll just keep eating till I make myself sick sometimes. And it's something that I have to be conscious of and control in a sense. So um, because it also makes me feel better. You yeah. know, I don't feel sluggish. I don't feel like I can just sit down and and, and I can't move. So I guess my, my diet would be a, a huge thing. Uh, journaling has become a non-negotiable for me. Mm. I try not to break the chain, which means, you know, skip a day. Sometimes I do it morning and evening. Sometimes I do it one or the other. Um, now, recently, I have started breaking the chain a little because I found myself repeating. I found myself kind of thinking the same thoughts and, and going over the same things. And so I was trying to give myself a little bit of space. So I'd go maybe a Sunday or a Saturday or 
a day that I just don't feel like it. I have no interest. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I leave it off. But six out of seven days, maybe I will, it's something that I'll do. And most of the time, twice a day to, to understand, like we talked about, you know, get an, in, uh, uh, it's like a little research project on yourself to understand the way you're thinking, feeling, and then also give you an opportunity to celebrate those wins. And um, mm-hmm. so that's a, a huge part of my life. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I suppose most recently having to pay conscious attention in my relationship because you know when you live together and lock down you're on top of each other you automatically mm. think you see each other all the time but it's not conscious it's not dedicated time so it's something that i've been trying to work on in terms of actually having proper meaningful time uh in my relationship yeah as well because you know that's a big part of your life you know you can't just it, it's it's a thing that like lisa says about relationships they take work you know they're they're not just going to happen and and maintain themselves so that is a big part of my life it's something that gives me positive feelings and emotions and it needs work so yeah something i have to th- think about every day not just allow to happen because it doesn't really yeah really get in the way and easily um, to take for granted sometimes as well yeah like, you, you do you do you, and especially I, as you say if you're in lockdown and, and you're together every day it's easy to just form a daily pattern that just starts to happen without kind of reflecting on it and saying you know how are we like you know what's the good conversations that we're having as well as the routine that we've got yeah you need you need to pay conscious attention i also think i had this conversation with with kira recently that non-negotiables are really important for your life but they can change you know they're not the be all and end all you know for a specific time of your life they can be an important thing, but when it comes to letting yourself be for a certain spell, so like, you know, taking um, down weeks from from certain sort of training or mm. from, uh, I don't know, from eating, we'll say, or something like that, you have to let them go for a while. And yeah. it doesn't mean that you don't value them. You just, you need a bit of a break from it and they can work that way. But I think it's whatever works for you in the moment. What are those those important things? that give you those positive feelings that motivate you and all of that stuff and i think the last one for me is is creativity like i get a lot of satisfaction from being creative um it allows me to feel like progress i think progress is a big a big thing for me and i've had to like Mm. change my idea of progress and what it means it doesn't mean signing a new person on for coaching or or a new client or or business development or making money my idea of progress is that to shift to what gives me satisfaction what allows me to feel progress and being creative um working out you know tracking my macros and my food and all those things allow me to feel progress as well so i've had to shift that way of thinking and it's not just about a, a chase mentality after all these things yeah i think that's really interesting i think as you referred to in there it's really interesting to hear I hope anyone uh, who might have listened to this will understand the reason I asked the question, I think is really interesting. One thing I'm very passionate about is there's, there's always trends and stuff like that, that happen, but people need to find, Mm. you need to understand some of those things that we've spoken about, about yourself to find out what it is for you and what works for you, because otherwise it's not sustainable and just following the, I don't know, like, you know, the trend of, hey, every every CEO gets up at 4 a.m. is absolute bull. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's 
it's trends that we think are healthy but aren't it's what works for you and actually i've created a habit of getting up at 6 30 in the morning because i can get i get really productive i love the peace i love the silence i put on my headphones and i do those things i need to do but I try and not do it every single day, only those times when I need to reset, when I need to feel progress, when I need to feel focus. And I'm also conscious that it wakes my girlfriend up and it throws her day off if I get up early because obviously we're in the same room. So yeah. I'm trying to be more conscious of that. And I don't need to do it every day. I don't need to get up to grind at half six or four o'clock, like you said. But I just know that getting up at 6.30 is fine if I need to feel that sense of focus. But yeah. if I don't, waking up at seven or half seven is fine. And a non-negotiable actually, again, is waking up at a, a relatively early time. So that could mean half seven. I don't like sleeping and it makes me feel shit. Um, yeah. You know, I don't like sleeping into eight, nine, 10 o'clock. Yeah. It just yeah. doesn't work for me. Um, But it's finding your own trend, finding things that work for you, not copying everyone else, like the CEO who gets up at 4 a.m., what works for you and it also doesn't have to be a thing that you do every single day without fail if you don't need to yeah you'd allow yourself the or should i say the other way don't become your own guilt trip for not doing yeah. it don't make yourself yeah. feel bad for not doing it it should be within your um not capability it should be within your reasoning to yeah. do it yeah, yeah absolutely um and you can't like it's like having a, a to-do list that's just full of tasks mm. or tasks that aren't necessarily productive they're just there to try and make you feel productive yeah yeah so, yeah you know you can feel guilty for not doing work or for sitting and being but like if you have two things to do and if that was record a podcast and do something else and that took four hours in your day or two hours in your day and you're done so be it you just did your work you're fine yeah you know? don't fill your day with with random shit because you feel like that's what you need to do 24 7 to be busy and productive and to grow and to feel progress you know if it's two hours in your day great if it's eight hours the next day so be it but like yeah. again relative to you and the things that bring meaning and proper kind of feeling to you not yeah. anyone else and I read, um, I read a good sentence recently that was like, rest is not a reward, like rest is necessary. So don't deliberately just fill your day for the sake of filling it. If you have, if your thing is that thing that takes three hours that day and you've put your everything into doing it, yeah. well, then you're totally allowed to the other side. Like, don't then go, I've got to do the next thing, surely, and, and keep yeah. filling, keep filling. It's yeah. um, a thing, a quote that I love that came from Chasing the Sun from that Springbok documentary was, um, let the main thing be the main thing and everything else will follow after that. So, mm -hmm. you know, always let that, that thing that you're trying to do, the main thing, be your focus and don't get too distracted by the, I guess, the smaller aspects that come into play because, or, or the superficial things that come into play. You know, like mm. for me, Yes, I want a sustainable business model that allows me to have freedom and earn money, but that will come by me developing and growing and putting out quality content and information and doing those other things every day. That's the main thing. Yeah. The money and the business model will come in the meantime. You yeah. know? So let that main thing be the main thing. My, my main thing is to, yes, grow the business and put out quality content, but it's also to help as many people as possible yeah. make change in their life. That's the main thing. And if that means me not 
making money in the long term and having to find a different path, then so be it. But I still continue to help people. You know, that will always be yeah. the, the, the the focus. I love that's that. That's where I'm at, you know. Yeah, I love that. Um awesome. I think like that's been so good. I've absolutely loved chatting those through with you. Um and I think there's so much that people would connect with as well. Like um as you said, your thing is is practical, is you know, things that people can take on board, not making it sort of out of reach. I think mm-hmm. all of that is is what people can reflect on. I hope people do do get something from it because it was amazing to chat it all through. Um and so all that, what comes next for you? We've spoken about some of the events that you've done um already this year yeah. and things like that. What's what's coming next? Obviously <sighs> <laughs> continue to, to do as, as many things as possible to help as many people as possible and that sounds vague externally but that's the 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 bigger vision um like i said uh, rice 2021 was a success and it would be going ahead in 2022 mm. um but in the meantime i want to organize some more events focused around different aspects um whether they be smaller events or on a similar scale, probably not on a similar scale. Um, I would imagine smaller events in, in, in between mm. to, you know, influence as many people as possible with the, the content I put out, like I said. Um, and yeah, to, to just grow this side of my life and my business and my professional path, I think that's what you call it. But uh, that, that's what's next for me. Um, and also the podcast, you know, the podcast doing quite well and just to keep pushing that forward and, and keep on delivering relatable and honest content through awesome conversations. Mm. That's nice. That's where I'm headed, I hope. Nice. Love it. Well, again, like, thanks so much for, for chatting with me and giving me the time. Not at um, all. I thanks hope you've enjoyed you. it as well. Thanks, many. No, I did. Thanks, many, for having me. And I love getting to talk about this stuff, um, as you know. And to be on the other side of the mic is a challenge as well in itself. So it's something I'm trying to get comfortable with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I appreciate it. In the hot spot. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, and especially it being the first, I think, anyway, the first time I've done this on the other side of the mic. Um, so. Yeah, no, I think it was great. I think it's such relatable content, um, like some stuff that people will be able to really link to and um as you said like authentic it was your story in there as well that kind of links the whole thing together and can't wait to see where it goes i'm sure we'll chat again in the future or maybe on i say to everybody i want to repeat podcast in like 12 months time and we'll see where stories have developed where they've gone and, and yeah, things like that and that'd be awesome we'll be sitting after rise 2022 saying about how big that was the new sold out arenas in person yeah sold out arenas yeah awesome thanks so much for coming on it's such a great chat no problem and um yeah you're doing doing an awesome job so uh so keep going keep stepping inside of that comfort zone thanks so much to sana for coming on um i absolutely love that chat it took its own form we explored areas as the chat took it as it naturally came up um some amazing little tidbits in there amazing things to focus on and again another really inspirational story of somebody who's kind of uh, followed their own path and again thanks so much for him to being open about his journey and and uh, i think we, the points about finding inspiration and 
and finding out his why and things like that were were really fascinating um, and it's really building on themes which are naturally built in these episodes so far so absolutely love that thanks so much again um, give him a follow at sana underscore govender um, i'll put descriptions as well to um, what his page wild culture so at uh, wild culture dot underscore but i'll put uh, them in the description of the episode as well and give me a follow if you don't already um, at breathing space online um, so that uh, you can kind of get the links and it will be posted on there so you see that you can give him a follow and get any more tips because he's uh, yeah putting some great content out there that's uh, really good to kind of engage with and um, yeah so as always we link uh, this year with um, the charity Calm so at Calm Zone um, we're raising money for them so again if you follow me um, on my socials or head to breathingspace.se as a website you'll see more about that uh, on our pages um, we're just raising money so if it's point you, you get anything you can um, we're, we're looking to do as much for that charity as we can it's a mental health charity and suicide prevention charity that we're supporting this year so anything you can do would be amazing uh, yeah so stay tuned for more episodes thanks again for joining if you do enjoy do the things that are you know give us a review uh write a review all that kind of stuff make sure you subscribe it really helps us out as well and it helps me out trying to grow this little podcast um, and make it reach more people so yeah thanks very much and we'll see you again on the next episode